by far the most decisive victory I've ever seen from the Bills in my lifetime in a playoff game. So um, we'll have to go to the tape and look back over. There's always always spots for improvement, but I mean that that game was just masterful. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. Bills Mafia, one down, three to go. Happy Victory Monday to you. My name is Justin. I'll be your host tonight on the Wandering Buffalo podcast. I'm flying solo tonight. Uh, my co-host Andrew was was in attendance at the game, so he's probably still frozen, frozen in the stadium, just waiting to get himself out of there. Um, but we want to make sure we got this out to you as fast as possible. So we're just going to dive right into looking at, at the game. Um, you can find us on any social media by searching up the Wandering Buffalo podcast. Uh, if you're able to like, share, subscribe, tell a friend about the show, um, it does help us out greatly and keep putting this content out and, and just keep talking bills. Um, so we're going to dive right into the game because I'm so excited about this game. Um, so much to talk about and, and so much positive stuff to talk about. Uh, I mean, watching... Watching the game live, it's, it's kind of hard to believe how flawless that game was. I mean, the offensive execution, the defensive execution, just all around we've been talking a lot this year about if this team was able to get put a full team effort together for four quarters, uh, what what that team would look like and, and how dominant they would be. And we saw... We saw some signs of it throughout the season, but this is the first game that really comes to mind for me where it was just all phases of the game were firing on all cylinders. Um, I guess except kind of special teams. Um, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, but first I want to start with the offensive side of the ball. And we always start this area out with, with Josh Allen, and I kind of want to save him for... I want to save him for the end today, and I want to start out with with the offensive line, um, because I don't you don't have Josh Allen having that great of a game if they're not playing well in front of him, and I think that was such a weak spot for us early in the season, and just the job they've been able to do to kind of get it turned around and get the right players in place. Um, to really keep Josh Allen clean, it, it's really showing up in a big way um, towards the end of the season here. And it's not just in the passing game. Um, the running game, you know, as the offensive line got better, Singletary started getting the bulk of the carries. And the running game has become a legitimate threat. Um, what I what I liked most about this game, you know, zero sacks for Josh Allen. Um the offensive line gave up six pressures total um, against, you know, a Patriots Patriots defense that features, you know, among other names. But Matthew Judon, who's, you know, going into the game, we have analysts, and I talked about him myself of just what a game wrecker Judon can be um, if you let him be. And you know, they they got after Josh a little bit, but for the most part, he. He had clean pockets. He had time to to work back there and was really able to be effective because of that. Um, some of the 
the the running game, as I mentioned before, um, heavy dose of Singletary and kind of in combination with the Josh Allen runs, um, a little bit of Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, this team ran for 176 yards if you take out the the kneel downs at the end of the game. And I mean, how fun is that to be having your backup quarterback come in and, and kill the clock taking knees um, in, in a playoff game? It's, it's wild. Um, but but between Singletary, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Allen, we're talking a total of 176 yards. Um, I believe it was on 26 carries. They're, they averaged just under seven yards per carry. Um, and this is something that we've also been talking about all season, you know, not not necessarily wanting to see heavier doses of the run game, but as you're using the run game, having it be more efficient, more effective, um, not just you know, kind of forcing your head into the wall, hoping that you're keeping the defense honest. It, it's truly doing its job at this point. Um, Dawson Knox, what can we say about Dawson Knox? Just another monster game for him. And my guy Dawson's about to get a payday, and we're going to have to figure out how we move the salary cap around. Um, as, as an organization, we've been looking for that impact type weapon at tight end uh, for so long. And, you know, Dawson Knox was somebody that was really kind of a, a hot button topic this year. You know, do we give up on him? Do we trade for Ertz? All these conversations that were happening and he just came out this year and he's gotten better with the drops. He's become um, more impactful in the passing game, um, just finding more touches, more targets, and and really doing a lot with them. And I'll tell you what, that the first Josh Allen touchdown to him, I, I was watching the game, and it, Josh Allen did say after the game that you know he was intending on throwing that ball away, and it, it basically an accident touchdown. But for Dawson Knox to be able to go in, go up, and and pull down a ball that. Josh Allen was intending to throw away is is just kind of ridiculous how that play worked out and I think that chemistry just kind of continued continues throughout the season but also throughout that game um five targets five receptions 89 yards and two touchdowns that's a really good stat line for Dawson Knox um and then you know we we were able to get a lot of pieces involved in in the past game and you know not everybody had huge impacts but just the idea of being able to spread the ball around um like Josh was able to do um was was just really nice to see you had Diggs getting in three catches 60 yards uh on four targets McKenzie 3 for 3 for 45 yards um Gabe Davis two receptions on three targets 41 yards and a touchdown Emmanuel Sanders, two for three for 36. He also adds a touchdown. Tommy Doyle got in on there. We had a, a big man touchdown in the playoff game. I mean, the, there there was also Singletary and Beasley. I mean, all these players got involved. I think Reggie Gilliam even got in on the action. Um, so it was really great to see, you know, if there, if the defense was taking away something on a play, that the next guy was stepping up and Josh was able to go through his reads and and find all different kinds of targets. It wasn't just, 
you know, hammering the same players over and over. Um, so that's that's something that we've seen a little be a little bit sporadic, I think, through the season, and for it to come through in a big way today of just being able to take what the defense was giving us, um, it really showed up, and and that that brings me to Josh Allen and just the masterpiece of a day he had. Really, um, you're talking 21 of 25, 308 yards, five touchdowns, five. Uh, no interceptions, no sacks, um, and a passer rating of 157.6, which I believe the the best you can do is 158.3. So, I mean, you're talking a damn near perfect game from the quarterback. Oh, and he also added uh, six catches or six runs for 66 yards. Um, so, I mean, 15 yards off a of Singletary with 10 less carries, so... The two of them working together in the run game, just the the plays that he was able to make um, from the pocket, rolling out of the pocket with his feet. I mean, it, this is this is the good version of Josh Allen, and he has his highs and lows a little bit from from game to game here and there. Um, but when we see this version of Josh Allen, I. I I don't see anybody in the league that's better than him if you got this on a week-to-week basis. Um, and even even when he has the little bit of peaks and valleys, I mean, knowing that this is kind of his ceiling and, and this is the direction that he's trending, it just makes me so excited for for what the team looks like now and what the team looks like going forward. Um, if we get this full-game performance from the offense and defense – um, I don't see many teams in the league that, that are really even hanging with us. Um, so very exciting to see that. And really on the offensive side of the ball, there's re- really not much I can think of um, as far as negative plays. Um, we're recording this you know, right after the game and haven't really been able to, to go through and, and rewatch the game and kind of... Um, See, see some different talking points to that regard. Uh, also riding pretty high right now. Um, by far the most decisive victory I've ever seen from the Bills in my lifetime in a playoff game. So um, we'll have to go to the tape and look back over. There's always always spots for improvement, but, I mean, that, that game was just masterful. Um, no punts, um, no fourth downs. Um, just so many times that the Bills were able to to move the chain on first and second down plays, so you weren't even getting into like third and long situations where where the defense can really pin their ears back and know what you're doing. Um, with how many conversions they were having on first and second down, it it really was able to to keep the whole playbook open um, on any given down and and really really keep things moving moving that way. Um, So overall, just an A-plus job from the offense. And we're going to take a quick break right now. Stick around. We'll come back with the defensive side of the ball, and we'll touch on some special teams. All right, welcome back in, and thank you again for joining us on today's episode of the Wandering Buffalo podcast, a show on the Built-in Buffalo Network. 
We're going to jump back in and we're going to talk about the defense against this Patriots team. And honestly, as much fun as it was to watch the offense, um, seeing the caliber that this defense has been playing over the course of the full year is really where I'm kind of the most excited about this team. And it's not that, you know, the offensive production isn't, you know, the super fun sexy part of the game to watch. Um, but going back to last year, we we kind of knew who this offense was. Um, we kind of knew that with Josh Allen and the weapons that he had, you know, despite some of the highs and lows of the season, that they were at some point going to get it clicking together and and hopefully be able to maintain that. And I think I think the bigger question going into this year um, was the defense and you know would we see the defense of two years ago or would we see last year's defense and there wasn't as much as there was changes with draft picks and and whatnot there wasn't really like wholesale changes um, to the personnel that we had last year it was kind of just time on task and and adding some pieces and just working together better as a unit. Um, and granted, we haven't seen any real top-flight quarterbacks um, for the most part since the Trey White injury, um, but the ability for the team to rally around that and the secondary in particular really looking like they haven't missed a beat without Trey there um, is, is just so impressive to me. Um, I'm definitely a huge Trey White fan, and it's not that, you know, when he went down with the injury, I thought the wheels were coming off, the season was over and whatnot, um, but I definitely thought there was going to be more of an adjustment, um, more variance into the defense um, without him there, and to the credit of the secondary, um, Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson in particular, um, they've really been able to step up and and continue that very high level defense, maintain the number one defense, passing defense in the league, and and like I said, um, with the addition of Taron Johnson, who's been more quietly playing out of his skin this year, uh, I think I think we look at him last year and his game changing pick sixes, and it's easy to kind of forget about him at times this year, but I think he's. He's done such a underrated job this year, in my opinion. I think he's been stellar, and you know, it's the type of player that you know you're either hearing their name because they made a great play or they didn't make a play, and you don't hear his name all that often. And I think it's just because he's doing such a great job of of covering his receivers. Uh, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. Another great game for both of them that the uh, Micah Hyde interception, 100%, I thought that was a touchdown. Uh, It looked like a beautiful pass right over the shoulder. And then just right at the last second, Micah Hyde swoops in and just steals that ball right away. That that was one of the prettiest interceptions I've ever seen. Um, Levi Wallace coming down with the interception on, on the little tip drill. And then the linebackers, um, Tremaine Edmonds, who who is somebody that, if you listen to the show, you know I'm I'm a little bit up and down on Tremaine Edmonds. Um, 
I think it's a little bit unfair, but there there are like the built-in expectations for me um, due to his draft stock and you know having a contract coming up. I think he's overall a pretty good player, um, but but with his with his credentials coming into the team, I, I always expect a little bit more. But I I thought I thought Edmonds had a good game. I thought Milano had a good game, and then our defensive line stepping up. Um, able to get Mac Jones down three times. Um, but there was, there was other pressures too. And it's something that we've, we've seen kind of like the, the run game on the offensive side of the ball. Um, as we've been moving through these last few weeks of the season, the, the pass rushes seem to come alive a little bit again. Uh, we got Boogie Basham coming in on the, on the stat sheet with a sack. Um, Star Latula had a really nice one. And then uh, Jerry Hughes coming in with a sack too. And Jerry Hughes is somebody that I, I've talked about fairly recently and just not exactly having the same production that we're used to seeing from Jerry Hughes. Um, you know, he's still getting after the pass rusher. He's still applying pressure. Um, but Jerry Hughes is usually, you know, at least every two, three games good for a pretty wild sack or a strip sack. Um, something, something like that. And we haven't seen that a ton from him this year. Um, but as I see that Jerry Hughes sack, um, during this game, I start thinking back to, to the player that he's become in the last couple of years of the playoffs. And to me, he certainly seems like he really comes alive in the playoffs and, and becomes this whole different player. Um, and I think that's, that's great to have on this team, that veteran leadership, um, some of these young guys thought Ed Oliver had had a great game again. Um, he's one that doesn't really pop off the stat sheet all the time, um, but he's really he's really found himself in the in particular like the second half of the season, and I think he's been pretty well, pretty consistently playing out of his mind. Um, and then definitely want to mention Harrison Phillips. Um, also not, not a guy that pops off the stat sheet, but he, he's somebody that really had, uh, a, a tough start to his career in Buffalo, um, be it injuries, you know, missing an off season in, there's just, there's a lot of curveballs in his career early and it, it was starting to look like whether, you know, it was the injuries or who he was as a player or a combination of both. He, he was to me starting to look like we might've missed on that draft pick and boy, he's, he's been showing up in, in a big way um, particular over like the last four or five weeks. And to the point where I think he's kind of outplaying Star Latule and, and, you know, as I say that Star Latule comes away with the sack this year, um, so I guess it's it's kind of a good problem to have that the Bills have they've really been investing in the trenches and the defensive line in particular, um, wanting to have guys that have some p- possession flexibility and being able to rotate people in and out of the game so everybody's still staying fresh. And I, I would say a bit earlier in, earlier in the year, I would say it was looking like little little bit of mixed results for me um but 
towards the end of the season as the pass rush has kind of been coming alive again, uh, I think that's I think that's really showing up. Um, the one thing I did want to mention, and and I got to give props to my guy Andrew for um, talking about this in the preview show. Um, as we were doing the team breakdowns and he was comparing the Bills um, fourth down defense versus the Patriots fourth down offense and how much success the Patriots have on fourth down. Um, they did go four for four uh, on fourth down. That's a mouthful. <laughs> they they converted four or four fourth downs um, in this game and it's kind of hard to to poke too many holes into um, what the defense did. I mean, this wasn't the Jets team we were playing the week before where you held them to almost nothing. You know, the, this is a playoff-caliber Patriots team. Um, I think they're still pretty early in the process, but, you know, their offense has been strong enough. Mac Jones has been strong enough to get them to this point. And really, at the end of the day, through the first half, you pretty much stopped them from doing anything that they wanted to do. Um, and then you get into this, the second half of the game. Yeah, they end up with 17 points total. Um, but you're also going into, you know, more of a defensive game plan of, okay, well, let's make sure that we're really not allowing the big play. Um, so I think the offense came alive a little bit, a little bit in part to that. Um, but even at that rate, you're still talking – 232 yards from Mac Jones on 24 attempts, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, the the big one for me is um, seeing what the what the Patriots were able to do in in the run game the first go around, uh, and then looking at this game, cold weather game, expecting them to to try to commit to the run. Um, you held Damian Harris to 30 yards on nine carries. Ramondre Stevenson had 27 yards on eight carries. Um, so, you know, the, the strategy of getting out to an early lead and, and trying to make them one-dimensional and dare Mac Jones to beat you, um, it, it was really able to to be put into action by the Bills jumping off to an early lead and kind of get them away from their run game. And, and they were very effective in stopping the run when it did happen. Um, I, I do think there was some I think there was some plays left out there on the Patriots part um, where you saw receivers that were coming open and it was it was kind of the daring Mac Jones to to go through his reads and find those receivers and and be able to make all those throws. And personally I think that was part of the defensive strategy was was knowing that some of those things might pop up. Um, but, but doing the daring Mac Jones to beat you part of it. And there were a few throws from him where he had a receiver running open and kind of duffs the ball into the ground and, and just a little bit of accuracy issues. Um, like I said, the defense was able to pressure him. They were able to cover on the back end. Um, they were able to, you know, throw some different looks at him to to make him question what he was seeing. Um, and the last thing I really want to talk about on on the defensive side of the ball um, is actually more more of a commentary on uh, what the Patriots were trying to pull out here um, when they went to the the fake spike. 
And that one to me was kind of just like, there's some plays where, you know, I'm just a dumb Bills football fan who does a podcast. But as I'm, as I'm sitting here, I believe they still had two timeouts left and I'm watching the game and I see Mac Jones calling for the spike and I'm like, I don't think they're going to spike the ball here. They still have two timeouts. Like, why would you, why would you let all this time run off the clock to, to waste it down spiking it when you have timeouts? And, you know, sure, sure enough, it, it did look like it fooled part of the Bills defense, but I believe that was Hughes just ripping right off the edge. He, he didn't even hesitate on that one. It, that was just a veteran play and it, he, he wasn't stumped for a second. He knew exactly where, where they were going with that. And then uh, moving into the special teams, really the only, I guess, blemish on the night for the Bills. And I don't really want to look too far into it because Tyler Bass has been so reliable during the year. Um, But going into this Patriots game, he hadn't missed a PAT the entire season. Um, And then in this game, he goes 5 of 7, so he missed two PATs. Um, maybe I chalk it up a little bit to playoff nerves. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly where to place this. I, I, I will say I still have full confidence in Tyler Bass. Um, but it is something to keep an eye on going forward. Um, most of these playoff games that we're playing aren't going to be, you know, 47 to 17 by the end of the game. Um, so I, I think the, the announcers were even talking about it as they were calling the game and the, the first PAT that he missed would have put us up, I believe it was 21, nothing or 21 to three. And, you know, keep this in mind. If the game gets a little bit close, that could be, you know, a big factor. And obviously in this game, it, it didn't become a factor The the game was pretty well in hand for the better part of the game. Um, but that is something, you know, moving into the next round of the playoffs that, you know, it it might not be a PAT. It might be, you know, we drive down the field before halftime and we set up, you know, a 45-yard field goal uh, to, like, extend our lead or uh, close a gap. And, you know, it, it's kind of going to be like, where's the confidence level at? And is that a kick that, Bass is going to come through on. And like I said, this this kicking performance didn't really make me falter at all. He's been excellent through through two seasons now. Um, so I, I'm just going to consider this one, you know, maybe his hammies were a little tight from the cold. Um, who knows? But I, I think he'll be okay going forward. Um, as far as punting goes, we did the best strategy possible. Um, keep Matt Hawk right on the sideline. Uh, don't let him punt. Um, that was great to see a game where there was no punting, um, considering the, the game that we saw the previous week with the Jets and, and what a mess the punting was that game. Um, so I'm, I'm all for that strategy, uh, going forward. Um, as far as returning goes, Isaiah McKenzie, Micah Hyde, um, no mistakes made there. And, you know, I'm, I've I've said it on this podcast before, and and my feelings really haven't changed. Of I'm I'm not a fan of Micah Hyde being back there to return punts, uh, 
I just he's such an important part to what the defense does. Uh, I just don't want him, you know, taking an unnecessary hit or, you know, somebody getting blocked into him as he's fair catching and any of those things that can happen. Um, With all that being said, throughout this playoff run, as far as we can take it, um, I'm all for Micah Hyde being back there. I, I like the security he gives us and I don't even really need him to, to be returning the ball, which he did a pretty good job of. He had uh, two returns for 54 yards. Uh, I don't even need all that. I I like him being back there to just secure the ball and make sure that it's going back to the offense. Um, definitely something I'd like to look at in in this coming off season of getting somebody whose more primary function is to return punts. Um, but throughout the rest of this year, I'm, I'm all for Micah Hyde staying back there. Um, so the Bills will be moving into the second round of the playoffs. Um, at this moment, it's still to be determined on on who the matchup will be. Um, so this is going to be decided by the Sunday night game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so if the Steelers are able to pull off that upset, we would be hosting another playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And if the Chiefs win that game, um, we're going to be taking the show on the road um, to Arrowhead. Um, kind of mixed feelings on on what matchup I'd rather draw here. And honestly, with the performance that we just had, there's neither team that really, I guess, scares me. Um, I think the fact that we played the Chiefs earlier in the season and were able to take them down... Um, I guess it doesn't give me a ton of confidence there um, because when we caught the Chiefs earlier in the season, they weren't the same team that they are right now. That being said, I still don't think that they're the same team that they were this time last year, Um, but they were really able to put together a solid campaign to end the season and and really find their groove. Um, And the Cincinnati Bengals are... They're a very interesting team to me right now. Um, I think it's kind of the real deal with Cincinnati. And, you know, we saw them for so many years getting to the playoffs with Andy Dalton. And it it was kind of backing into the playoffs and not always very great teams. And, you know, like they had some weapons, but the quarterback was like on the high end of average. And... I think the only thing really working against the Bengals right now is is playoff experience. And I think that does show up as you get further into the postseason, uh, especially Burrow still being, you know, a young quarterback, um, a defense like the Bills <clears throat> presenting different challenges than, you know, a Raiders defense and and being able to throw some things at Burrow that he might not have seen. Um Either way, I, I'm feeling pretty good about whatever team we have coming up next. And like I said, if we have that full team performance like we just had against the Patriots, there's not many teams in this in, left in the league that, that I think can really hang with us. Um, so that's going to do it for tonight's show. Um, thank you for joining us. Again, this is the Wandering Buffalo podcast on the Built-In Buffalo Network. Um, you can reach out to us. If you want to get involved with the show, if you want to 
Talk Some Bills Football. We're always looking for guests on the show. Um, if you want to hit us up, uh, my co-host Andrew, you can find him on most social media at Two Chang's. And you can find me on any social media by looking up JGods22. Uh, make sure you like, share, subscribe, comment, tell a friend about the podcast. Help us keep this thing going. Um, we appreciate all the support. Uh, we will see you on Thursday as we get into the nuts and bolts previewing um, either the Bengals or the Chiefs, whatever, whatever team we're looking at next. Uh, so until next time, go Bills. Go Bills.